I'm Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards, the voice of the Boston Bruins. It's like a heartbeat with this team. Boom, boom. Jack Edwards joins Ordway Merloni and Fourier live on Sports Radio WEEI. And who has more fun than us? Get up! Marshawn finds Pasternak. Back to Marshawn. To Pasternak. To Bergeron. He scores! Patrice Bergeron! And the Bruins are up one game to zero! How about that? The man's got his own introduction. How about that? With that, we're going to bring in the Harbor One Hotline. We're bringing Jack Edwards of Nesson, the play-by-play voice of the Boston Bruins. And Jack, I, obviously we want to hit on this game, but first I have to ask you what the last 24 hours was like for you because I know you were pumped in Jack. It was like uh, the long rain delay and finally they call it. You know, <laughs> I, I was just hoping somebody would score starting in the second overtime, and then it goes to a third and a fourth. And we started to hear rumors during the fourth OT that if it went five OTs, they were going to call it, and uh, they did. And uh, that, that was just one of the wackier experiences of my life. Uh, in addition to being cooped up in a TV studio where yeah. uh, nothing usually happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, this game here. So, Jack, I don't know. Put me in the, in, in the category of uh, concerned what I saw in the round robin. I heard all this talk about you know exhibition, you know, and I I didn't see limited ice time. I saw a power play unit. I I was concerned that they were going to come out flat. I thought the effort was there in this game, but let's be real. I think if I think if they were right, I think they win this game five two in regulation. I think there was a lot of opportunities. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of chances uh, that they missed. Uh, those kinds of chances that if a guy waits uh, half a heartbeat, he has a wide open uh, chance to to score an easy goal. Uh, there's still some rust offensively, uh, but I think the uh, the best news about this is that the Bruins won without Tuka Rask playing at the top of his game mm-hmm. because he was off his angle on a couple of shots. Um, the Hayden Fleury. Uh, tying goal, you know, he was screened, but it was a long wrist shot, and uh, I think he uh, has that if he's playing to form. So um, Rask will only get better, and uh, this team is improving. Uh, today was was a much different uh, in uh, team in terms of intensity when uh, when you compare it to the round robin games. Jack, you talk about Tuka Rask, and uh, Cassidy had spoke possibly maybe sitting him tomorrow night because of the back-to-back. I don't agree with that. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on it if they do decide to go with Halak? Jermaine, I, I think uh, it's going to be mostly up to Rask. Uh, that's what kind of coach Bruce is. He, uh, he talks to his players. He has personal relationships with his players, uh, and there's a great deal of trust. And if Rask feels that he needs to work on something technical uh, before game three, uh, which is on Saturday, um, he'll let Bruce know. But if he feels healthy and he feels he uh, wants to get another crack at uh, pulling his game up a notch, I think he'll get the start. That, that is the luxury of having a dependable backup in Yarl Halak. Yeah, see, I think it's one of the advantages. Again, we're talking to Jack Edwards of Nesson. The Bruins have... You know, with that short little restart, you know, and you got a back-to-back even in game five and six, and this one just happened to work out that way, you have a big advantage 
you know, over these other teams. And, and, and I don't know if the goal is to play all the way through this thing. I think that's a huge grind to think that Tuca can handle all of it after that long break. Yeah, um, you know, I, I have a hard time reading uh, how Tuca feels until he tells us yeah. uh, because he's so low-key. Um, but uh, certainly uh, with two back-to-backs now in this series, uh, if it goes all the way to six, um, I, I think we're going to see something of Halak. I, the, the schedule is really, really compressed. Uh, compared to last uh, uh, few years of playoffs, uh, so they're they're going to go as soon as every single team is ready. And uh, <laughs> barring unbelievable overtime games like last night, um, these uh, this schedule is going to be fast and furious. Their power play struggled, which is completely uh, crazy because Lou and I were talking about last year. Their power play was amazing, especially in the in the playoffs. What do you think the issue is on why they're struggling on the power play? And are you concerned with their struggles? I, I think it's rhythm. Uh, I think it's uh, you could make an analogy uh, to a hitter finding his rhythm. And uh, I, uh, I'm not really worried because these guys are workaholics. Uh, Krug studies video like Tom Brady studies game film. And, and uh, he's going to improve. And when Tory Krug's at the top of his power play game, uh, the rest of the guys find ways to get open, and Krug hits him. All right, we're talking to Jack Edwards of Nesson. And, Jack, after that game last night, that five-overtime game, Mike Milbury tweeted out, enough already. He wants it to go <laughs> He wants to go three-on-three. Three. He wants shootouts. He doesn't want postponements of playoff hockey. I, I hate the idea. What do you think of it? Uh, I love Mike. Um, and uh, how free he is with his opinions. But uh, if they ever go away from five-on-five before three overtimes are complete, uh, I hope they go to four-on-four the rest of the way. Because playoff hockey is about defense. And, And John Cooper said it a couple of years ago, the coach of Tampa Bay. He said, I'm not thinking about how many goals we can score tonight. I'm thinking about how many goals we can prevent. And, and that's really playoff sports. You know, <laughs> the, the Patriots won a Super Bowl basically by playing defense and not turning the ball over. Uh, Major League Baseball teams have to have great pitching. Uh, in, in playoff hockey, defense can be as exciting and more interesting than offense if you play it well as a team. And uh, so I, I'm totally against it. Now, I heard you and Brick talking about this on the broadcast earlier today, and I completely agree with you guys. The energy was completely different from the three playing round robin games. Um, they were a little bit sloppy, which led to, you know, a turnover that unfortunately led to a shorthanded goal. Uh, what do you think they need to do, with, say, as far as maybe cleaning up some of those things uh, that led to the sloppy play? Just keep doing what they're doing. Uh, the coaching staff is is so detail oriented. Uh, they do individual video sessions with each player between games, uh, unless they're back to back, and uh, they'll probably do some tomorrow. Um, I I think this team is on the right track. Uh, the players were insisting through the Pasternak absence, 
the various players unfit to play during the uh, the training camp uh, at uh, Warrior uh, through the uh, Toronto debacle of of not looking good in any of four games. Um, but they kept a stiff upper lip and they said, we believe in each other, we believe in the system, and when the games matter, we're going to bring it. Um, I thought the intensity was there. The execution still could be better, but they're going in the right direction. You know, Jack, usually when we look at a game, you know, a lot of times say, oh, that first line was great, second line was great, or this line was struggling. Very rarely do we look at a line and say, you know, one guy on it and David Krejci was outstanding. And another guy on it, and Jake DeBrusque, really struggled. Like That's very rare, but these two are just struggling to find that chemistry that they had a while ago. Yeah, uh, Jake is a mercurial player. You know, he's, he's hot when he's hot, and when he's cold, nothing goes in. Um, that's, that's how it is with some goal scorers. They, they go 12 games without a goal, and then they score 15 and 11. Um, Jake's that kind of player, and I think it... Uh, uh, tests the patience of some Bruins fans, but as long as he's keeping his legs moving and uh, using his straight line speed, you got to have faith that uh, things are going to come around. That first line, very good today as far as what they were able to do. We always talk about it's about what they do to make this team go. Um, were, th- did you kind of notice that when the first lines go and it seems like the second and the third line, they kind of feed off of what those guys are doing. Is that something that you and Brick notice out there? Yeah, you know, everybody wants to follow a good shift with a good shift. The hard thing is to uh, change the momentum. And about five and a half minutes into the third period, Carolina was really surging after the Bruins had gone ahead 3-2. And the wagner uh, Corrali nordstrom line came out and had a hell of a shift. And yeah. then the other lines followed in turn, and until the uh, Hayden Flurry long wrist shot, uh, it seemed that the Bruins were locking down the game. And if not for that fourth-line shift, um, I, I don't think it goes well for the Bruins in that third period. And they, uh, they might have uh, squirreled away the lead and, and won it, but uh, I, you know the, the trend was not good. Um, so... Every line is capable of that on a really good team, and this is a really good team. And uh, the brotherhood that these players have uh, tends to respond to a good shift with another high-effort shift. And as long as they stay within the system and don't try to do it all by themselves, um, again, things are moving in the right direction. Jack, I wanted to ask you about uh, Richie. Hey, Richie, um, you know, it just... Big physical guy, seemed like he lost a lot of battles, didn't use that physicality. I know, I think it was the game-tying 3-3 three to three goal where he sort of lost the puck on the wall. Um, is it one of those things where we could see him in, we could see him out of lineups as this thing continues? Well, there's plenty of upward pressure on the roster. Uh, Jack Studnika, to me, was the best player on the, on the entire roster in the first three games uh, up in Toronto. Um, I... Uh, you know, I, I think Studnika's knocking at the door. Uh, Carson Kuhlman played extremely well during last season's playoffs. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice problem for Bruce Cassidy to have, but if Nick Ritchie is not accomplishing what Bruce wants, uh, he's going to be uh, sitting and watching. Charlie, Ma- Charlie McAvoy, 
I thought he played really well today. I, I know he's a guy that you know we know the talent he has, but we know he struggles at times. It's is it it's really good to see him have a game like he did uh, today, and that being the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, he's he's growing every game, and uh, the exchange he had with Ryan Dezingle where. Dezingle came away with the wry smile as if to say, uh, we're, we're going to meet again. Uh, and about two minutes later, uh, McAvoy sandwiched Dezingle with Chara uh, as Dezingle was going down the slot. And you, you just love to see this in a great athlete, which Charlie McAvoy is, that he's realizing it's his team to lead when he's the stud horse on D. And, uh, and Chara gracefully has accepted that that McAvoy is going to be the next stud horse and uh, I'm really impressed with the kid he's still a kid and his game is still growing well Jack a quick turnaround I know the players got to get some rest but something tells me you'd like to play these things every single day so you'll be ready to go tomorrow yeah yeah, yeah, back-to-back baby keep them coming (laughs) all right Jack Edwards hey thanks for joining us we appreciate it Thanks for having me, Lou.